This message comes from NPR sponsor Carvana. With thousands of options under $20,000, plus customizable financing terms and down payments as low as $0 down, it's easy to find a car that fits your lifestyle. Visit Carvana.com or download the app today. Terms and conditions may apply. Poland and the U.S. have had a seesaw relationship over the years, but the war in Ukraine has drawn them closer together and then turned Poland into an indispensable ally. NPR's Frank Langfitt reports from Warsaw. Critics of the Polish government have long worried about the erosion of democracy there. Back in 2016, they accused the government of stripping the country's top court, the Constitutional Tribunal, of its independence. And when President Obama visited Warsaw, he called it out. I expressed to President Duda uh, our concerns uh, over certain actions and the impasse around the Poland's Constitutional Tribunal. As your friend and ally, uh, we've urged all parties to work together to sustain Poland's democratic institutions. This didn't bother Obama's successor, President Trump, who embraced Duda and his illiberal policies. When Biden was elected, relations cooled again. Then Russia invaded Ukraine. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken went to Warsaw in March, and the tone he struck couldn't have been warmer. Poland is doing vital work to respond to this crisis. As NATO allies, defense cooperation between Poland and the United States, I think it's safe to say, is closer than it's ever been. Since the Russian invasion, Poland has become the key hub for sending humanitarian aid and billions of dollars in military equipment into Ukraine. The United States and Poland suddenly found themselves in a wartime alliance. Daniel Fried served as U.S. ambassador to Poland in the late 1990s. Poland is in somewhat the role of Great Britain in World War II, the strong base of support for American resistance to a tyrant. The Biden administration remains concerned about Poland's treatment of the media and rule of law at home. But Fried says the war provides more opportunity to work on other international issues important to the U.S. He cited a recent visit here by Laura Rosenberger. Rosenberger is the senior director for China on the National Security Council. Fried says she met with Polish officials to discuss China's inroads in Europe, a top U.S. concern. These kinds of consultations is a direct product of the improvement in U.S.-Polish relations, and it shows that it's not just about Russia. It's an overall strategic alliance. As for the Polish government, it wants more American troops on a permanent basis to help deter Russian forces on the other side of the roughly 530-mile border Poland shares with Ukraine. Major General Piotr Boazowicz says Poland wants the Americans to provide more capabilities. That includes sophisticated intelligence and reconnaissance systems based in the air, sea, land, and space, as well as cyber systems to provide targeting info. We are talking about uh, capabilities that would allow us, obviously, first of all, to have even better uh, indications and warnings. This is also about long-range precision strikes. Basically, the capabilities that will deter as much as possible the other side from doing crazy or stupid things. And would you need a permanent base for those troops? I think this is the economical way of doing it. In fact, it's in the works. A written agreement between the two countries calls for construction of U.S. forces headquarters, multiple barracks, and a medical and dental clinic. Pavel Markevich is an analyst with the Polish Institute of International Affairs, a Warsaw think tank. During the Trump administration, Poland was very frank and forthright in saying that they want to host more U.S. troops here, and they're willing to invest in the infrastructure. And Daniel Fried, the former U.S. ambassador, says 
relations with the Biden administration were improving before the war. In December, President Duda vetoed a media ownership law that critics say was aimed at silencing a U.S.-owned news channel. And that move, Fried says, made it just a little bit easier for the two countries to work together when Russia invaded Ukraine two months later. Frank Langford, NPR News, Warsaw. On Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing. Like, not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll never stop. <laughs> dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show, Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. On NPR's Throughline. We cannot function for 24 hours without COBOL. Because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop. And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR.